Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kamidogu podcast. I am Christopher Veljanovsky, and joining me in the virtual podcasting booth is the man, the myth, the legend, Toasty. Hey, guys. It's always fun to be here. Today is a very special episode. Uh, There's a particular book that I've been dreaming about practically for years on end. So now that it might and, well, quite frankly, is coming to fruition with all these different tiers and so forth. This is very, very exciting. I can't wait to jump into this, guys. Absolutely. Me too. Now, whether you're new here or you've been listening to us for a while, we really appreciate all of the support. Now, don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen or watch the podcast. And please tell a friend because the more word gets around, the more content we can deliver to you. Absolutely. Now, let's get to the episode. All right. A massive welcome to Mike, Tommy, and Nash of the Combat Compendium Project. Um, Obviously, it's very clear that you guys are all massive fans of Mortal Kombat. Uh, Tell us how you got into the franchise and what you think makes it so special. Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, So basically, when I was a kid, my uh, older cousin had Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo. And, you know, it was just so cool to see not really just the violence. Well, yeah, mostly the violence, (laughs) all the blood and the fatalities. And it was, you know, for a kid, it's the coolest thing. So it really, really, really uh, got me interested. And then... Eventually, I got Mortal Kombat 1 myself on the Super Nintendo, where I found out there was no blood, so it was a lot less exciting. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I've been uh, I've been a fan since then, since the beginning. Excellent. Mine was uh, with my dad working a lot, and uh, he brought home a Sega Genesis, and he would keep us, like, updated uh, with, like, video game consoles, me and my brothers, um, and uh, me and my youngest brother, uh, but he would bring it home and bring home games and we got the Sega Genesis. We got three games for it. Uh, it was like Sonic the Hedgehog, another game in Mortal Kombat one. And we played it. Um, and we saw there was ninjas in it and that was really cool for us. And, uh, it all worked well with that nineties aesthetic. Um, but you know, ultimately it was that in the schoolyard experience and kind of like, you know, what Mortal Kombat actually was. Cause we didn't know what it was. You didn't know finishing moves or, uh, or anything like that. So once we kind of found out, that was kind of where it started. And uh, I mean, I've been hooked ever since. Right. Nash. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the same. Uh, my, my dad used to be like a huge gamer back in the nineties. Uh, I was a little kid back then, but I remember he got me and my brother, my younger brother, uh super Nintendo with Mortal Kombat one and two. And that's where it all started for us. Um, at least for me, my brother like used to play a little bit, but he got tired of losing all the time to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, it's, as as Tommy said, the violence somehow it, it connected with me. Like the having a fighting game with people that could beat to death, beat themselves to death, and it was fun. It kept me at home, kept me out of trouble in the street because I grew up in a, in a, <laughs> a pretty bad neighborhood. And I just got hooked. I just got hooked with it uh, up until this day. So that's that's what it is. Very good. So where exactly did you um, guys get the desire to create the combat compendium? Uh, where did it come from? Uh, I guess I kind of... I started it back um, when I was posting on Mortal Kombat online 
and um, I kind of just was like, hey, how come there's nothing out there like this? Um, and I'm somebody that collects like the Marvel encyclopedias, um, the Spider-Man encyclopedias, all that stuff. And I was like, well, you know, Mortal Kombat doesn't have one. And they have like all these characters and all these storylines. So I kind of just, it started as like an idea, just kind of like a post on a forum. And then <clears throat> I was on Twitter at the time and Mortal Kombat X was out. And uh, the game had only had one art book. So I was looking for an, uh, like a way to kind of combine the aesthetic of an art book um, and kind of give fans that, that you know, all-encompassing knowledge, just put it all in one thing. So I did the, the thing at the time, which was the uh, create a petition. And then we all know petitions don't really work. Um, but I did it with like in collaboration with Sean Kittleson. Like he was like pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. Oh, nice. And then, you know, after a while you see like a petition's not really going to do anything. Um, so we did mock-ups. Tommy did, um, him and I met on MKO and then we talked on Skype for like a year and a half. And then before we finally started to do this thing and, uh, the mock-ups turned into, prototypes and then prototypes turned into flying out to events to show people the book and then that turned into uh creating a full-scale operation um so that's six years in the making but it's it it's an idea that just kind of was like there's nothing out there like this uh why is there nothing out there like this and um you know why not uh is 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 kind of the answer to that uh and that's kind of how we went about it um, every time we, we made a book, we challenged ourselves to kind of, how can we make it better? How can we do this? How can we, you know, make this experience, uh, something that folks would want. And I feel like we finally have something hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, early on, I think it was, was it 2015 that the project started? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kamidogi was sort of one of your early supporters, as were a few other websites, and you know, you've slowly built a huge audience now. Um, tell us about the journey you've been on, sort of starting at 2015 up till now. Uh, you get used to hearing no a lot. Um, <laughs> sure. Like a lot, a lot. Uh, you get used to being shot down a lot. Um, but I spent a lot of nights, you know, uh, calling publishers, calling. Um, finding out or digging around on like LinkedIn profiles and stuff like that to try and figure out who to reach out to, to kind of pitch your idea to them. And a lot of people won't listen to you because you're not a big corporation. You're not somebody with a track record. You're not, um, yeah, you're just that one guy. Yeah. You're just a guy. Uh, and you, and you're a guy that's a fan, like, and, and people look at fans like, you know what? We don't want to do with that. You know what I mean? Uh, I, so- I, rem- I remember a specific email from uh, from of the, from of the con- from of one of from one of the contacts we found at Warner Brothers that could really help us. And his email was so rude and belittling, like we were just ten year old kids with a stupid idea, and he had no mm-hmm. time for us. While while we had a full prototype, and he did not even care. Like we like no, we were yeah. just fans with a stupid project. He didn't have time for us. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of ups and downs, um, and it's been a lot of you know going to the events and showing the project off has been fulfilling because you see fans and they're like, oh my god, this is amazing! You guys did this, um, but you know I wanted to take it past what it what people would view it as fan art or or some kind of fan thing, um, 
But you get used to being told. I mean, we pitched the book to DK Books. We pitched the book to Penguin Books. We pitched the book uh, to Prima. We pitched the book to... Who else did we uh, pitch to? It was Udon a, Entertainment. Udon, yeah. Udon was the one that was the most interested. And they went to WB with our pitch. And they came back and were like, all right, it's going to be 50 grand. And Udon, who previously worked with Street Fighter and Dark Stalkers and all that other stuff, they put out tons and tons of material. Um, they were like, this is way too much. We can't really do that. Uh, so <clears throat> we tried to do that. Just like for, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. Prima was really interested, but they said, mm -hmm. we, ne we need to have no pictures of fatalities because it's too violent. So oh, that was a dead, yeah, yeah. So as soon as they said that, they weren't even an option. Even if they were interested, like we can't, we cannot consider them if that's what they want. Yeah, Prima went under a year after anyway. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. announced that they were yeah yeah done. Um, but it's it's been you know up and down. Uh, you know, I I've put a lot of funds into the book, uh, the project, just to kind of I guess uh, facilitate the actual physical book um and then you have to kind of drive it so like you have to make sure that you're putting it in the right hands to kind of get the things so like i had to make networking decisions and uh work with people that you know are, are in netherrealm studios and that was cool you know you meet people you talk about the game and you talk about like behind the scenes stuff it's stuff that a lot of people like fans like us don't really get to do but because we were working on this project it It opened a lot of doors, and we got books in the studio. Um, at one point, I even sat down with Brian Goodman um, and pitched our okay. book to him. That was back in 2017 or 2018. Um, but I pitched the book to him. I was in NetherRealm Studios, and uh, he was like, all right, well, I'll take it, and we'll take it into consideration. And uh, that was heartbreaking because I didn't hear anything back. <laughs> mm. Um But we kept on and we kept, you know, we kept uh, communicating where we were. We sent in prototypes religiously. Uh, every time we had a new one, we sent one in. And when we were out in, at Final Combat, uh, what was it, 2020, um, we dropped off a brand new prototype. We were in the studio. Uh, we gave them, I think it was like three prototypes. And we were just like, hey, you know, we left a post-it note. Give us a call back. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the networking that has been very fulfilling The, the no's have turned into how can we turn this into a yes, not a complete disaster. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's worked in our favor, but ultimately we've done everything in our power to try to make the book as official as possible. Um, but ultimately it just didn't go out that way. And we worked with Hagen's Alley to make a fair use unofficial version of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh Before I dive into my main question, you mentioned earlier that you went to events and uh, to show off the book and whatnot. Uh, I believe you guys actually met Ed Boone as well and showed him a prototype of the book. Is that correct? Yeah, that was Nash yeah. and Sonic yep. Fox. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Uh, and when they did the MK11 reveal, um, I got an invitation. So... I mean, you know that they, they had the invitations they gave themselves and they had this like one-of-a-kind chance that you could get invited to mm -hmm. by filling a form, if I'm not mistaken. So I did that and I got called. So I went there and I remember I told Mike, 
I got the invitation. I'm taking the book ASAP. I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare. I'm gonna pack the book, then my boxers. So that was like <laughs> like a, a must thing to do. So I went there. Uh, it was it was a hassle to get in because that day was raining. It was pouring rain, and I remember I went inside all soaking wet. But I was I was like, you know what? Let's just go and do it. Um, and I met. Ed Boone, I saw him at the bar or leaving the bar, and I went with my backpack. Like, hey, uh, super nervous because I was like, uh, I was like a like a bucket list thing to do. But I yeah. went to him and I was like, hey, uh, hi, nice to meet you. I have something here that maybe you can check or sign for me. I will appreciate it. And I, he just took out the book, and I gave it to him. And he he didn't say a thing, but I'm pretty sure like he knew what was it about. But he didn't yeah. say anything. He could probably he could even talk about it, but it, that was okay. And he signed it for me, and he saw it like a few a few images. And I took a picture with him, and he was holding the book, and I was holding his drink. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did that, and and that was at the event. And after that, I managed to get uh, Sonic Fox to also sign the prototype. Very good. So yeah, that those things happen. It, it was like a super small uh, time difference, but it, it happened. Yeah, something you won't forget for sure. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the book has been known uh, to have a, a number of, of names throughout its course, uh, including MK Encyclopedia, yeah. uh, Combatpedia, Book Souls, Book Remembrance, etc. What exactly made you guys decide on the final name of Combat Compendium, per se? Uh, I feel like when we changed the name, we ultimately went with a rebranding that was going to be both familiar and uh, step us aside as an unofficial title. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to call it the Mortal Kombat Encyclopedia because ultimately it's it's not an official title and we didn't want to draw those flags um, I, I think like there are rules with fair use too we can't yeah. use the branding the names the logos on the cover because it implies that the book okay. is official when it's not so when, yeah, right. when right. we had to remove the mortal Kombat name from the title we had a brainstorm session and i think combat compendium was a we know for a fact that there's no copyright on combat with a k so that was fine to use yeah, but ultimately it rolled better, um, and it looked good. Uh, in all the mock-ups we did, it, it looked good. Uh, and I think that's what we rolled with, and we pitched it to the publisher, and the publisher was cool with it. So that's what we kind of rolled with. Uh, Combatpedia was just kind of like a hashtag thing um, as the earlier idea, and uh, we, we had Compendium. Like, just calling it the Compendium was like, eh, there's plenty of things called Compendium. Uh, so Combat Compendium worked the best. It tells you what it is, uh, and it tells you, you know, Book of Souls could be anything. I mean, there's, I believe there's a Diablo book out there that's that's called the Book of Souls or, or a Doom book or something like that. Something like that. Um, that's called that. So we didn't want to mix that stuff up, even though the book in the canon of the game is called the Book of Souls or Book of Destiny, um, which is what our leather cover is going to be inspired off of, um, yeah. the actual in-game book. So that's going to look pretty sweet. From, uh, from Mythology Sub-Zero. Mm -hmm. It's in a yeah, few of the cutscenes. Oh, nice. Raiden is holding oh. a book about, I think it's Raiden. I, I, haven't, I haven't played this one, but yeah. 
We have not shown it yet, but that's that's what we're going for. You don't have one there you can hold up for us, or <laughs> I don't I don't have it yet. Uh, we we're working with the uh, Detroit Leather Company, and the nice. mock-ups he's shown us are are pretty rad. Uh, they're pretty cool. I'd imagine Sweet. so. Yeah. Uh, my next question was about the highs and lows of the project. Um, you guys have already mentioned a few lows and a, a few highs, but um, did you have any other, maybe some some additional highs that you'd like to mention? I, I think it's just very cool to to have become kind of a name in the, in the online Mortal Kombat community. Like to be able to share stuff with people that we've made to get such nice reaction. We we get a lot of uh, good and positive messages from people. They're very excited. So then when we start posting about stuff that is not the book, they also interact with us because, you know, they like what we have to say. So I think that was that was a positive note on the whole project. Not like, oh, yeah, we got popular, but being able to interact with people and sure. they like what we do. That's that's one of the best part of this. Nice. What do you what do you think, Nash? What have been the highs of this project? Oh, this, um, I think the same as Tommy said, because uh, we've been on the map for quite a few time, quite a few years, and the reception was not like what it what it is right now. It was not like that four years ago or five years ago at all. I mean, I remember I used to struggle. Like I was, I was constantly checking Twitter, checking our our Twitter account. To see if people were replying, if people was retweeting or, or answering or commenting or anything, and it was nothing. It was like a desert, and I, and I get frustrated. But now it's all all the way around. Now, like whatever we post, there's people uh, retweeting, sharing. So it, it it makes it it makes us feel good. It makes us like know that we're on the map around all the MK community. And that's something like, I think that's one of the highest things that whatever we post now, you see people sharing it, you see people reacting to it. Absolutely. So that that's, that for me is like the highest. I mean, obviously the high will be seeing everyone posting a picture with the book when when they get it. <laughs> that would be that would be like the goal. Um, sure. But right now, so far, uh, the reception I think is the highest point for me at least. Uh, I personally. The high for me, so like in 2016, I got to meet John Tobias. That was really cool. Oh wow! Nice. Um, I went to Combat Con. I met I met all these people, uh, and we were pitching our book, and it was like so early on, like a year in, and I was meeting all these really cool people, uh, like Carlos Piscina. I met Daniel Piscina. Our his booth was right next to ours. So like the whole time, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna get a hammer tonight. You want to come drink with us?" <laughs> you know, he's it was really like. Uh, he opened my eyes. I mean, he, he would tell us stories about uh, his days at MK, but like, I was like, I want to hear about your time on the set at TMNT. Cause like uh -huh. I was a big TMNT fan. I saw the movie like 10 times when I was a kid. So I was like, I want to hear about it. He's, and then um, John Tobias, I got to shake the man's hand. I, I, I got to take shots with him, drink with him at an after party. It was really cool. Wow. He told us all yeah, these crazy same. stories. I got to ask him a bunch of questions. Um, Justin Tabmock 99 brought like this giant binder and he was like, all right, what about this? What about this? And it was really cool. Uh, he would, he would. Yeah. It was like laid out, like highlighted and everything. And the man like came prepared. Um, Rich Divizio was there. I mean, like everyone was there. It was really cool to meet everyone. 
and uh, wholesome, wholesome pack was also at the BAP, and he stood there for a wholesome long pack was time. There for the first day, yeah, nice. But it was really cool, uh, and uh, that was a really big high for me. Uh, even though our book was nowhere near completed, uh, that's also where I met Nash, and that's yeah, where I, we kind of began I was our relationship. Part- yeah, I wasn't a part of the team back then. I was uh, I was about to say that I yep. I went to ComebackCon. Um, uh, I'm from Puerto Rico, and I went all, all the way over there. It was my first time in Chicago, and that's what I met um, Mike, and I saw like their project because one one of the iterations because it has evolved from uh, since then. So I met him there, and we I we kept in touch because I I started following the the project. Then I saw the petition. Then I, I was on Twitter, like like I said before, like checking people, uh, checking if they had any news, any updates, because I was like into the project. And that's where I saw that they were they were needing some help with the assets area. And I, I showed my interest and I spoke to Mike and I started sending them samples of what they were needing. And and he kept going all the way until now. If we're managing all the assets we have a team it's not just me it's like how many people like four three for assets it's three yeah three yeah yeah uh, since the so team that, is flexing about the the netherum studio and midway team member they met uh, i'd like to say that john vogel <laughs> has liked one of my tweets in the past five years <laughs> <laughs> john's a cool guy i've uh, met john yeah john's cool in terms of all the uh, information that you guys have jammed into this book, just how far into it do you guys get? Do you also have, for example, um, in-depth information, say, uh, about all the non-canon characters, etc.? Yeah, the, the meat of the book is the lore. That was the most important part when we started working on it, but we've added a lot of things around. And like, there's a, the, there are some pages about secondary characters, about the characters that were cut, about all the characters that were rumored and never happened, all the, or all the fans invention that people were saying, oh yeah, that's true, that's true, or the, the April Fool's magazine Nimbus. jokes. So we do go yeah, we have- in depth on a bit like that, even if, it, even if the most important part is is the lore we do go about everything that's around it maybe not as in-depth as the character bios themselves but yeah. we do tr- we do we did try to mention at least everything that exists in mortal kombat from the movies to the games themselves and the lore is the most important part nice. yeah i mean Perfect. we we have minor characters we have cut fake characters we have guest characters we have uh um, zebron yeah, Zebron. Yeah, yeah. yeah Zebron, Zebron there. Red Robin. Uh, what was it? Uh, Chimera, not Chimera. Uh, Basilisk, or or one of the other characters. Um, Nimbus, Terrafox. Yep, we have Nimbus. We have Ruby. We have the original Ermac, uh, which was like the MK1 Red Scorpion. Um, we have we even have Chrome in there, um, <laughs> but uh, we we recognize all those folks. I mean, uh, Hydro's in there. Um, uh, Aqua's in there <laughs> since you mentioned Aqua earlier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We we have all those folks in there, and I feel like Kathy, they're right. They're, Kathy's they're, also there. What's that? Kath, Kathy is her name. Is oh Kathy Long? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the original Sonya oh. Blade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we these are characters that are a part of 
the Mortal Kombat lore. They're part of the history. I mean, fake and and rumored characters are part of the the whole thing. Like they're Absolutely. they're woven into the tapestry yep. that is Mortal Kombat. Um, I you, mean, you you couldn't have this with Street Fighter, or or Tekken. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Not at all. The rumors, I mean, you, the rumor mill of Mortal Kombat is part of the experience. You look at Scarlet. Yeah. You look at animalities. You look at mm-hmm. these are how these things develop, and we feel like these characters are important. You know, and even though Belloc didn't make it into a into MK Gold or MK Four, we still have to mention it. We still have to mention these characters and show a shot of what they look like, and you know, give readers who aren't familiar an idea of what could have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess one of the biggest challenges you guys faced was that you didn't have any sort of official support from WB Games or NetherRealm Studios. So. How hard was it to obtain information and um, high-quality assets for the book? We got all the assets ourselves. Um, that was a challenge, but it took years to do. I mean, uh, it's not like we're running Murdoink's MK warehouse. Uh, <laughs> we we had to do all of it ourselves. We had to take all of our screenshots, which means Nash had to throw a computer or two out the window. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can see that with how he's recording right now. Um, <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not using uh, for the camera. I'm using uh, my wife's uh, laptop, and for the audio, I'm using my my computer because this is the best um, like fast setup that we could build. It's okay. So, <laughs> but it's working. We're here. That's what but matters. Exactly. But it took yeah. it took years to build the amount of assets we have. Um, we, I can tell you right now, um, early on, I asked John a bunch of questions that would help us to build the book. Um, John Tobias and Vogel. Uh, I worked with Sean Kittleson pretty extensively. Um, and I even asked Dominic Cianciolo a bunch of questions too. I mean, these guys were fairly open with, you know, just talking to us and, and kind of cluing us into what works and what doesn't i mean there's some questions for things that are like not openly uh displayed within the uh the mk lore that's out there right now as the games are um but we have talked to these folks we have put together questions we sent them to them and then like in some respects they would answer them for us like via via video chat or email or what have you but we have talked to these folks we have you know make sure that what we have in the book is is accurate um and, and that, that did wonder for the writing team because yeah. like like sean kittleson's answer answers a few questions uh a bit of what is that canon was when he wrote this so we can't obviously add this information because it's not true to the lord because it didn't happen but we mm-hmm. have a better idea of his mind when he was writing this so we can we can write it in a way that better represents what it was trying to say if it was not clear enough in the in the book and the game, I mean, yeah, and it's having those insights and having those kind of conversations with folks. I've I've been able to network with a lot of folks that are inside the studio that have worked on Mortal Kombat over the years, and it's allowed us to put together essentially a better book. In title, it's unofficial. It's unofficial, unlicensed. Yeah. In title only, um, yeah, I've gone through about the that process too. pretty pretty hard. And a lot of these guys have been there for that ride. Um, so that's that's really cool. Yeah, just because the title says it's unofficial or or what have you, 
all all the information all the lore that has been put into the book is straight like to the core as as it should be represented as, as should be like chronologically explained everything is all the way corrected as as close as we could manage to do with all the people that mike has spoken to and and all the information that we have gathered through the years and we don't we don't shy away from controversial uh, subjects like hashtag not my sindel <laughs> right now that's even if a lot of people disagree with how sindel is portrayed in mortal kombat 11 that's what she is now canonically so of course in our bio and our yeah. biography we don't ignore it we don't let our personal feelings dictate what we say that's her story right now this is what it is but we also have a box about fun facts and retcons where we explain if the characters yep. that were changed eventually in the game why and how they were before so we can explain that sindel was not like that at all before and maybe the retcon what they're trying to do with the retcon doesn't work at, at 100 for some story elements especially if you compare it to mortal kombat 9 like exactly like what like what's going on with cabal but at least we can explain what it was before how it was retconned so we have all this information it's very detailed yeah we we keep it we keep it pretty close to what it's supposed to be i mean there's no bias we get a lot of comments and posts from people that are like oh well don't include you know the new mortal kombat movie that's trash don't don't recognize it don't <laughs> recognize this this Redcon, don't recognize this. I mean, we're an encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, we can't not chronicle what happened. No. Um, it, it happened. I mean, there's people that like the MK2021 movie. There's people that don't like it. You're going to have differing opinions. There's people that like the new Sindel. There's people that don't like the new Sindel. We can't, we can't ride either way. It has to be straightforward. It has to be, you know, what it's supposed to be, black and white. Um There's no personal bias or anything like that toward toward any sort of character. Because if there was, then Triborg would have five spreads and, and <laughs> I would be a happy person because I'm a big Triborg fan. But that being said, it's not the case. We have to chronicle everything and we have to make sure that we are giving everything the same fair treatment. Certainly. So you guys started a Kickstarter to generate some funds to put the project into production. Uh, yep. But before we get into the details of like um, the different additions you can get and whatnot, I believe you, well, you slightly mentioned um, that you ran into some legal opposition from Warner Brother Games. Is there anything at all that you guys uh, can share on that in perhaps more detail or... So at this time, um, we our book is fair use uh, as per our publisher, Higgins Alley. Um, and through fair use, we've worked with WB and communicated with them to kind of let them know what the situation was and also with Kickstarter. And through those communications and during the dispute time, um, Kickstarter deemed our project ready to go and to continue backing. So that's where we are. The book falls under fair use. Um, and that's that's what the situation is. And then Kickstarter has kind of deemed it necessary to keep going. So that's that was their decision ultimately. And um, we're thankful for it. Mm -hmm. 
The only big, for those that are worried about it, the only big changes that the strike made were for the were uh, the cover of the book, like finding a name without Mortal Kombat in it. Okay. And the, the design in the book throughout the years it changed from being inspired by Mortal Kombat X to now being a, it was completely redesigned a few years ago to be exactly like Mortal Kombat 11. But after the, the strike, I, I, I handled the design, so I did change a few things to remove elements that are obviously from the Mortal Kombat 11 HUD so that it can be as neutral as possible. But the, the content and the text is exactly the same. Okay, so right. in terms of Kickstarter, giving the green light to the project again, does that mean legally like you're sort of out of the woods or, or just sort of just for now? Uh, that's not something we can really comment on because it's not something I can really answer. Absolutely. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on that Kickstarter, um, you guys have minimum pledge amounts uh, with, with certain um, rewards. So, you know, you've got hardcover, you've got a leather cover, um, but you're also offering some really interesting things like a cryo mask, um, a Cyrax gold statue and some prints as well. Um, can you share a bit of more information about these items with us? Sure. So the top tier is our Elder Grad. Elder God tier, uh, and that's the $550 tier. Those are custom-made, uh, handmade statues by Pasha Rampage. Um, they're from Russia. Nice. Uh, it's the LK44K statue. They are painted gold, and there's only five. Uh, oh, wow. We did get a prototype made that was shown off by Corentin, uh, or Asset Guy. He showed that off on his page or his YouTube. Uh, but it's, a, it's about... Yay big, right? Um, so that's really cool. He's Cyrex or LK44K in the sand. Um, it's mirrors. It's inspired by uh, Cyrex in the sand in Jade's Desert. Uh, yeah. It also comes with the leather cover that is handcrafted uh, by Detroit Leather Company. And each cover is going to be unique. Um, Impressive. They're not, they're not all going to be looking different, but you can't make the same cover twice if it's handmade. Uh, so everyone's going to get that uh, in the the Elder God tier. They're also going to get the Cryo Mask, which is inspired by the MK2021 Sub-Zero Mask. Mm. I personally thought it was a really cool mask, and I felt like a lot of our guys thought it was a really cool mask. So we're working with a new vendor, and we're trying to get something that, you know, makes, you know, really pops. Uh, but it's going to be inspired by the MK2021 Sub-Zero Mask. And that'll be a wearable mask for folks. And then we also have in that tier, they'll also get all three prints by Esau Merga, which is the MK Legacy Fire and Ice uh, print, which is the Sub-Zero one that features all the really cool characters. And then the, the really uh, sick Shang Tsung one, which the finished version, which isn't posted up on there, looks really cool. Uh, and then the Shao Kahn one with Sindel. Uh, all three of those prints as well as a digital print of the book but the subsequent uh tiers all have like you know two hard covers and leather covers stuff like that the new tier that we just launched uh last week or earlier this week actually is the chameleon unlocked and that is a umk3 inspired mask and cowl combination so you're you're gonna have a leather cowl that comes with it it'll go over your head tie in the back and then the mask the mask will snap on and off like nice. in the movie in the mk 2021 movie you know how sub-zero can just click his mm -hmm. mask on and off and it just looks like it's magic it's got magnets 
So oh, cool. uh, that's how this mask will function. So it's going to be a full leather mask with the cowl, full leather. Everything's custom. And then backers will be able to choose what color mask they want. So like Chameleon, they can pick whatever ninja they want. Uh, the ones we've showed off, we just tweeted uh, earlier today, was a scorpion mask that's kind of in the works. He's working on it. Uh, oh. Kind of want to get it just right, but he's doing some phenomenal work. Uh, but it'll click on and off. Uh, you can just pull it off and be like, I am, you know, whoever. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, but we're going UMK3 inspired because uh, I feel like the simplicity of the mask and the, the cowl is very recognizable. And it's not something that's really out there right now. You see everybody else wearing like the newer masks and stuff like that. Yeah. UMK3 is a, a very fond for me. Um, and it's recognized as one of the top five MK games of all time by most pro players and yeah. uh, fans. A, a lot of people really love UMK3. I personally do. Oh, yeah. uh, but that's one of the newer items we introduced. And it must be said, most of the most of the other uh, tiers with limited items, like the statues, they all sold out within seconds. But yep. the chameleon, chameleon tier with the cowl and mask, it's uh, it's been added last nah, last week, and there's still there's still at least ten available. So it's very interesting. Yep. Mm. Yeah, we haven't shown any photos of it, so I can understand the trepidation, but um, it is going to be cool. Before I jump onto my next question, uh, I understand when I was looking through the different tiers that uh, some are only uh, United States exclusive. Could you clarify with our audience which ones specifically are exclusive? Yes. So right now, the Book of Souls tier and the uh, the Elder God tier were limited to United States only because we wanted to control the quality of the product. So when an item goes through customs or what have you, um, there's additional steps that have to be taken. Um, some items get stopped in customs. Uh, some items get held up, things like that. Um, so we didn't want to kind of risk that where somebody might get a damaged item or something like that. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to control the quality. Now, with the newer Book of Souls 2 that we just relaunched, we're able to ship to Canada, UK, uh, and that's the leather covers. Oh. Those are additional leather covers that we acquired from the vendor um, using the funds from the Kickstarter. So those are expanded in terms of where we can go with them just because of, you know, how we can manage the quality and how we can better control what's coming to the backer. Uh, ultimately, it's it's to protect the backer. And we understand there's some pushback um, with getting the statues to folks and getting things to folks. Um, but I can tell you right now, um, you know, we're really looking out for the folks that are backing the project because we don't want you to get something that's going to get held up in customs for, you know, 90 to 120 days sure. and, and have to respond to you in email and say sorry a hundred times. It's not worth your time. And it's, it's really, it's just not a situation we want to find ourselves in. And I mean, uh, it's, a, it's not really a big secret, but. Uh, we ordered the statues a while ago, and uh, they come from Russia, and we have not received them yet. I think they, they're, oh. they've cleared the Russian customs today. Yep. Oh, they yeah. just oh, got wow. into the USA today. Wow. So but it, it took they, were, a while, they were shipped months ago. In May, yes. Oh. Yeah. It's a big so it's, yeah, it's yeah. like I said, we wanted to make sure we can control the quality of the item. 
because we don't want to ship somebody a subpar item. Right. Right now, um, the pro the prototype is the one that has who has the prototype the prototype right now. Corentin. His he got his prototype arrived like normal, right? Nothing. Yeah, he got his within a week because he lives in France. Yeah. You initially started with, uh, I believe it was a fifteen thousand dollar goal, mm -hmm. and uh, as of right now. Uh, you have surpassed 65,000. Uh, so tell me, guys, how does it feel, um, you know, to have, you know, such a, a strong uh, backing like this? Uh, it's uh, it's awesome. We, we, yeah, we had no real. idea how much backers we'd get. We knew people were interested in the book, uh, but we didn't know, like, how many people are actually going to pledge when you run it because it's we, know, we mm -hmm. knew it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be cheap. But to get that much uh, pledges, the, the money itself is not that important. It's how, how popular the item was. And so it, I think it proved that when we wanted to get it out with Warner Brothers and nobody was interested, this proves that it was a good item and it would have sold if they would have done it themselves. Yep. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just seeing the number of backers. Um, 600 plus backers for me is, is pretty crazy and and like it's it's seeing people share the post it's seeing people you mm. know i just backed this and there's people i've never met before or even you know who who didn't like our project previously um there's major people that back the project i mean i've looked at it who's backing it where they're going i, I mean i there's major folks backing it that i've never thought would have and it's crazy to me um in terms of like where we stand with things i mean it, it just seeing that number jump every day is insane um ultimately i like to see 700 backers that would just be really cool uh because it was sure. just it, it's just unfathomable to me uh to think 700 people bought our book or multiple books or or what have you um we never made a book before this i mean this is pretty honest with you we've never made a book before this this has all been a learning experience um and for people to support us this much for a fan project that's grown over the last six years it's you know it, it, it there's no words there's no emotion it's just kind of like you don't know what to do it's just like ah, what do i do with my hands that kind of thing it's like you never know until you get it out there and now it's it's out there, and I think all of us are having the same reaction. Um, but it's it's exciting, you know. We're along for the ride, uh, and we, we we're just going to do what we can to make sure the book gets in the hands of the people that back us. I think I think what helped the Kickstarter is that people knew the book exists. Sometimes you see a Kickstarter, and people want money because they have an idea that they want to develop, and it might fail. But now the 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 reason why we went through Kickstarter is because obviously printing thirteen by eleven four hundred thousand uh, four hundred pages books that and shipping them that costs a lot of money. So we need the funds to be able to print and ship everything that uh, all the books that we want. And people know that the book exists. It's not a fake project. It's not something we want the money to develop. We want the money because we want to be able to print them and send them to you. So I think. I think it helped a lot of people trust the project a lot more than than other projects on Kickstarter. 
Yeah, and I think your yeah, dedication also, over all these years is a, a big thing too. It's not yeah. like you started the, and two months later that, going to it. Yeah. The fact that we've been uh, super transparent with everyone in social media has, has also helped because every time we get like an update, it's out there. Every time uh, we get some pictures of the previous prototypes, they're out there. And when when the IP thing happened, the same day, the same moment it happened, we were updating people because everyone, everyone that is backing got the update, you know, the email or something. But we also took it to social media to let everyone know what was happening. We've, we've always been trans transparent with people. And I think uh, that also helps trusting the project even more. Absolutely. And I think... Mortal Kombat does have a lot of, um, you know, it's figurines, there's comics, there's all sorts of things. And to me, it, it doesn't, it sort of defies, defies belief that, um, you know, WB wouldn't be interested in something like this. But in some ways, I think because it is fan driven, I think it will actually become, turn out better than it could have been if, if maybe they handled it, which I think is a uh, big credit to the dedication that you guys have put in over all these years. Um, so on to my next question, um, considering the, the popularity of the project and the funds you've managed to raise, um, you've also introduced some additional, are they stretch goals, are they, is that what you're calling them? Mm -hmm. So yep. can you give us a bit more detail about those? Yeah, so we, so we have the red ribbon bookmark. Um, some of these are going to be, are, are going to seem very Bible-esque. Uh, so like the red ribbon bookmark <laughs> and the... Uh, the gold gilded pages, which on the outside of the book, like if you hold the book sideways, it's going to have that gold. Uh, it's going to look like a Bible. <laughs> With okay. the red trim. like I mean, the, it, is, it is a MK out. Bible, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the the gold inlay uh, will be on the top of the cover uh, because the cover already has gold, so it will just be gold kind of etched in there. And then uh, our 70K tier is the Esau Merga alternate cover dust jacket which will slide over it um but from what he's shown us of this piece it's it's pretty exciting uh yeah. it's pretty cool um he does a lot of cool things and he referred he referred to to this as his masterpiece when he showed it to us yeah nice. yeah he did say it was his magnum opus um <laughs> but it is cool i mean if you've seen esau's work you know it's in crazy it, it's a lot of detail um, a lot of talent there. Yeah, he he does some crazy work. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if if you guys knew, but I think it was MKX. They had like a fan art section in the game. Mm -hmm. His work is in MKX, so you yep. can see a lot of of his amazing artwork in the game itself. Yeah, Esau is incredibly talented, and the pieces he's put together yeah. for this have been nothing short of amazing. I mean, the guy is like, he contributes so much to the conversation now that he's part of the team. Um, and he just, every time he drops something on us, it could be something that he put together within like an hour. Uh, it, sure. It's just silly how good it looks. Uh, and <laughs> the, what he showed us for the cover was just like, no one was ready for it. Um, but it's, it's beautiful, man. It it doesn't scream cover, but what it screams is like, this is gonna look cool. <laughs> Fan service cool at its dude. finest. Yeah, and, you know yeah, now is. now that we're talking about it, I just realized this book is gonna have three different covers. Yep. 
you're gonna have the real cover with with the with the real letter printed on it and then there's going to be the well if we reach 70k there's going to be the so market alternate cover on it and then you get you can put also the letter cover over it if you have this tier okay yeah the idea is with the leather cover that tier includes two books so you can slide that leather cover on one of the books and then the other book is for whatever you want to do with it okay nice so you mentioned previously that you guys went really in depth with uh, all the hidden characters and the rumored characters, etc. But remind us exactly how far in in the franchise you guys go with the information. And uh, so you said you go go into the movies. Is there a lot of information as well with the comic books, the television shows like Defender of the Realms, Conquest? Just how much exactly should we expect of that in there? And I just want to throw on as well, uh, roughly how many pages do you guys have right now? There's going to be 400 oh. plus pages. 400 plus, okay. We don't I'll have a Tommy specific number. Down that, yeah. Because I'm still... Uh, Basically, with the publisher, we went through uh, quality control number one. They, they sent back a lot of notes. Now I'm preparing quality control number two. So one of the things we, ha we had to do was uh, make the text bigger. Like Mike said, it's our first book. So, you know, yeah. we're not entirely sure of things. And he said, like the publisher said, the, the text is too small. So now I have to change some stuff. And that's going to bring uh, us closer to the, uh, to the 40, four, uh, 400 pages. Oh, okay. But how deep do we go? Like at least for like the movies or uh, the comic books there's at least a page for each movie or each comic book series that explains what the story is and then there's shots and pictures from the uh, from those uh, from the books the movies have at least the cast oh very good nice um, like i, I said we focused we focused on the lore but the rest is still important, but you know, yeah. if we could go to 500 pages, I'd I, I would love to add fun facts or uh, more stuff <laughs> to the movie sections. But at some point, we cannot, you know, we cannot do a real Bible Absolutely. book that's that's taller than it is uh, wide. But you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never know. Maybe with the, when we get Mortal Kombat 12, maybe we can pull in an updated version and add the update some of the sections that got a little bit less work on them because they were not lore related and we can get this compendium even more filled with information. Absolutely. No, not to say there's not a lot of information because it's filled <laughs> to the brim with it. All guaranteed. Yeah, definitely. And I guess in wrapping up, um, looking back on the project, uh, what makes you all, um, what's the, what's the thing you're most proud of? Well, at least for me, for me, it's not, it's not even the book it's a friendship with these guys. Honestly, mm. nice. Yeah, yeah. The, the team, the team that we built, we're uh, we're a real team. We love each other, but we also make each other mad daily. <laughs> <laughs> the love is we there. have we have pictures. Uh, we we often picture Mike King really looking at his phone when we send updates because of all the stupid things we're writing. <laughs> And Mike, what I mean, about I'm you? happy for a number of things. Uh, when I look back at things, I'm happy for the team we have. I'm happy um, the team does a lot of hard work. Um, I couldn't do anything without them. There's there's nothing I could have done. I, I, we, we would never be here without the team we have right now. Uh, that's a fact. 
uh, and I love these guys. They're fantastic. They're they they piss me off and they and they make <laughs> me laugh. Um, but uh, also to kind of, to kind of go hand in hand with that, uh, it's kind of uh, surreal to see your dream kind of happen uh, yeah. when it's you know I wanted this book in in MK fans' hands, not just for me. I mean, the whole point was to get it out to MK fans' hands. The vision has never changed. Um, you're going to see there's people that are out there like, oh, well, your vision has changed now that you're on Kickstarter, blah, blah, blah. It's never changed. It's it's always been to get this book to happen for MK fans. Yeah, our uh, goal is to put our book in your hands, period. Yes, the goal has always been the same. Um, and And for me, it's just seeing it happen has been absolutely mind-blowing um and the team that's worked very hard to make it happen are are the people that you know have stopped at nothing to make sure that the best quality book is put forward and that goes from you know our asset team in Corentin and nash and timo to our writers at Lindsay and yanni and even myself i mean i've written parts of it tommy's written parts of it um, Tommy's the main designer, um, to, uh, you know, to, to Esau putting out some insane art, um, mm. that he hasn't shown before. And I know he's itching too, because he's like, can I show this? Can I show this? Um, but like, you know, everybody has, has pulled some insane stuff to just make this happen. And it's, it's been humbling, uh, just to kind of work with these people and, and to make sure that, you know, we get the book out there to fans. I still have PTSD from MKX assets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting MKX in 4K was pretty troubling, but um, you know, it's every day something different. You know, there's challenges every day, uh, but for me, the happiest thing, the best thing, is that it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a book that's in MK fans' hands, and that's all I care about. I mean, I don't care about being recognized. I don't care about you know. Yeah anything like that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care about that. I care about the book existing, you know, mm -hmm. it exists. It's physical. It's, 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 you can hold it, <laughs> you know, that's it. Uh, it's tangible. Yeah. It's tangible. It's, it, it's real. Mm -hmm. Um, and anytime you can make your dream real, uh, that's not an opportunity you can pass up. So for me oh, working man. with these guys to create this dream, even though it's just a book, um, opens the door for lots of other future projects and Definitely. and and it it finally you know realizes something that took five years to make or six years to make yeah and well, i think i think we've all learned a lot uh through the through this experience too since it's our first book i can tell you now that if i was starting the book today i would totally do it differently because like it's 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 done in InDesign, but I had never used InDesign before, and I'm pretty sure it takes like ten times as much time as I need now just to make some changes. Because <laughs> I didn't use templates, I didn't use anything quick because I had no idea what I was doing. So whatever thing, if we end up doing another project, and it's going to be even better. Yep, fantastic. Well, Mike, Tommy, Nash, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the episode today. I, for one, know that I can't wait to have the book in my hands and check it out for the very first time. And, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. We really, really appreciate it. Thank no, you for thank you. We, we, we're happy to be here. And best of luck with it all, too. <laughs> thank sure you. thing, guys.
Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with some of the team of the Combat Compendium. I know a lot of people have been curious about this product and had many questions in mind. We truly hope that this episode has successfully helped answer some of those questions. And furthermore, we highly implore you to back this uh, particular product. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, this is everything we've ever wanted. Uh, you know, the whole concept that this wasn't even a real thing just blows my mind. It, it should have been a long time ago, but it's finally here, so please help support. So, without further ado, I just want to say have fun, stay safe, and Christopher... Stay flawless.